Well, welcome to Grace and Peace Church, and my name is Nate. I'm the lead pastor, and I have the honor of bringing God's Word again this week. Glad you're journeying with us. Uh, we're going to be in our last chapter in James. Kind of exciting um, and kind of sad, too. I really enjoy this book. Uh, no, I really enjoy this letter. Uh, this letter just, it really encapsulates the journey of walking with Jesus um, in a beautiful way. Um, really is... Uh, shaped our community um, in understanding the kind of church that we long to be and uh, we want to continue to be engaging these truths and living them out daily in our lives uh, towards one another and the way that we treat one another so James chapter 5 we're gonna be in verses 13 uh, through 20 at the very end that last little paragraph and we're gonna be talking about prayer and the prayer of faith and the prayer that actually changes things, the kind of prayer that is effective is what James gets into. Um, I want to start out just by sharing this interesting fact that I heard this week about from Netflix, um, about Netflix. Um, the CEO of Netflix came out and said that they see your sleep as a field to be exploited and what they mean by that is we live in an attention economy where everything that we do everything that um, uh, I think consists of our 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 day uh, is is being um, exploited or they want to get into whatever part of your day whether it's on your phone whether it's um, how you shop, all these different things, and they want to basically get into, and I say they, I'm not just talking about Netflix, I'm talking about any cons any business that wants to consume more of your bank account, more of your time, more of your resources. So, they say that, uh, talking about Netflix, is uh, that your sleep is a field to be exploited because that is where they're gonna make more money. They wanna keep you watching. The more you watch, the more money they make. And I'm gonna think about this attention economy and how God invites us to bring our attention to Him. And yet we have so many things that vie for our attention. Our jobs, uh, our families, uh, very good things, but sometimes very destructive things. I think about social media and I think about these ways that we think we're very connected yet they basically just rob us of true joy, rob us of really experiencing life to the full. And, and what God invites us into is to bring our attention to Him, to bring our attention to our Creator, the one who understands how to live life the best possible way. And what He does here, and what James does in prayer here, is He, he begins to teach us and begin to remind us of these truths that God invites us into. So I'm going to start out James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make them well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
Elijah was a human being, and even as we, even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring them back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the way of error will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So as I was studying for this passage this week, I was actually in a text with uh, our friend Chris, who is part of Grace and Peace, and um, I was sharing with him a prayer request of our friends in Haiti that are serving there as missionaries and how they're having to uh, really face a lot of challenges right now and just invited him to pray. And, and I loved Chris's response because it was so connected to this passage and so timely and such a great tangible illustration of what we need to be doing. His response was, we should rally everybody and be praying right now. And so that's what we're going to do this Sunday is we're going to pray. Um, if you're watching this at another time, um, I would just invite you to stop, maybe hit pause on this video and pray. Pray for our friends in Haiti that are facing some, some really big challenges when it comes to getting finances to be able to provide food and water and resources uh, to the children in that community that we invest in there. And um, so just if you want to pray by name, it's the Ducloses and their ministry and uh, the ministry that is connected to uh, True Shepherd and many of us who have uh, contributed to that over these years and invested continually um, in that ministry. So just invite you to pray and we're going to pray this Sunday. But I loved his heart. I love Chris's heart that as a need was brought up, his gut response was, let's stop everything and let's pray. Let's rally people and let's pray for this need. And um, and that, that heart posture, I believe, sums up really what James calls us to here. James points out um, three different ways to uh, three different ways that this passage is broken up. So um, he he emphasizes when to pray, he emphasizes how to pray, and he also gives us why we should be praying. So let's break it down into those three things. When we should pray. First off, in the first couple of verses, he says, Is there anyone among you in trouble? Uh, pray. Is anyone happy? Pray. Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone of you sick? Pray. So in all these circumstances, he says pray. So in, included in there was, if anyone is happy, let them sing songs of praise. And so there, there's a a connection to prayer, not just being when we need something, but a connection to prayer being all the time. Connection being that God is uh, wants to be recognized in all of life, not just in the difficult struggles, but in the praises and the beautiful things that we come to Him in prayer. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like here uh, as we move through this. But when we pray, all situations. We should just be always praying. And the second part is how. And so then he goes on in verse 14. He says, um, Call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. And so the oil isn't as significant as it is the elders as it is coming together. And so what James is calling these believers to when there is a need, when there is prayer, uh, gather those that are part of the church. 
And I believe that elders are, are important in that, but the crucial nuance there is that he's calling the people of God, the people who are pursuing God, to come together and be unified. And there's something about that that is unique, that is special, and it's, a, it's quite a contrast to the world that says, figure it out on your own. You're an independent person. Find a solution for whatever it is. Uh, whatever the challenge you have right now, you have the strength to face it and overcome it and just suck it up, own it, go for it. But what James calls us to is you are a community. You're the body of Christ. You're called to come together in prayer, to be unified, to work together in these things, and that as we begin to lower our pride and recognize that I need you, and I need you, and I need you, and I need you to come together to be able to be this kind of community that we can then lean on one another in prayer and turn our attention, turn our focus to God. So he just calls the, the elders to come together. And then this is also a, um, I just want to like, I guess, point out that um, although they're to be unified, there's also, this isn't to negate uh, private prayer, solo prayer, by yourself, privately praying. Because what we see is um, Jesus teaches a lot on prayer, and we see Jesus modeling uh, for his disciples what it looks like to pray. To pray. And what James is referencing here is, again, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, maybe you've seen this theme, probably every message I've pointed this out, and I hope that yeah, you begin to see more and more of these little nuances and connections between James' letter and the Sermon on the Mount and how woven they are and how this truth was was woven into the early church and the early disciples, and it's, it's inviting us into that same life. And so um, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, and... Um, and there's a, there's a time in actually Luke chapter 11 where John asks Jesus how to pray. Um, and, and, and basically just says, like, we've seen that you're, you're a man of prayer, and so teach us how it's done. And in the very first verse, we see that Jesus was praying in a certain place. And you see this throughout the Gospels where Jesus is either on a mountaintop or he's in a certain place, a removed place, um, a location by himself. He removes himself from everyone and goes and prays by himself. And that should be, first off, a truth that I think we need to adopt, that um, Jesus continually talks about prayer being something where you get away and you connect with God. He spoke about it in terms of getting into your prayer closet. And, uh, and that was essentially just pushing back on the culture of religious leaders that would be out praying on the street corners and praying to be heard by everybody um, to get attention because it came out of a prideful place rather than a place of humility and a connection to God. So um, we've all seen people that will do certain things to look good in front of others. Religion gets hijacked in that way as well. Um, that there are always going to be people that are going to try and do things for attention, to try and look holy, to try and look better than everyone else, um, to somehow make it about them rather than God. And what we see here in Luke 11, Jesus 
teaches then how to pray. And this is also in the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. For we ourselves give forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. So again, this is a reference to Sermon on the Mount um, again, but Jesus continually teaches the simple prayer that starts out with our Father in heaven, just recognizing his holiness, recognizing who is in control, who has the power, and focusing our attention away from ourselves and towards God. And then the second part of that is asking for his kingdom to come here on earth. That we are going to recognize that we are, again, in this attention economy where people are trying to get our attention in all these different ways, that we're going to turn our attention or turn our gaze towards God. And I know that can be difficult because our attention is constantly being distracted by these, I mean, just think about our phones, how entertaining our phones are. There's more entertainment in the palm of your hand than anywhere else, right? And sometimes normal life, real life around us can seem kind of mundane compared to all the, the emotion, the entertainment, the fun, all the different things that we just get glued and sucked into in our phones. Um, what Jesus calls us to is this attention to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is just this, this way that God calls us to live that is contrary to the world. The world that says, I'm going to take from you. I want everything from you so that I can gain and I could care less about you. What the kingdom of God says is I care about you and I care about your neighbor. And we're invited to love one another in this way that is life-giving. So... Um, breaks down this passage real simply and then after that describes a little bit more about um, how a parent um, basically would only give good gifts to their child and and we don't need to get all into it if you want to read it you can go for it. it's in Luke chapter 11 uh, but essentially Jesus says bring your prayers bring your concerns to God because he's our father and he cares for us and, and he makes this reference that we should come to him with this like shameless audacity. This is like this like unabandoned, unashamed, like I'm going to bring my concerns to God. And what he says is your father in heaven, uh, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? In other words, he's going to start to transform your heart. Like we talked about last week with Mother Teresa that um, it's no longer praying that things would change, but praying that our that God would change our hearts so that we can be participants in what it means to bring this change in this world. So beautiful stuff when it comes to prayer. Like Jesus talks about it a lot. Um, but that's just one very, I think, poignant way of seeing prayer and, and seeing prayer described. So you can get in more into it if you'd like to. But um, so then he, uh, James goes on to the why part of why we pray this way and why we bring these prayers to God. And he says, so that you may be healed. And you may be sitting here today saying, like, I'm physically fine. But the healing that I believe James 
is calling us to is not just a physical healing, although that may be part of it, and maybe that's something you need today, but he also calls us to a healing um, of relationship, a healing of relationship between us and ourselves, a healing in relationship between us and others, and beginning to see how that can transform all of life. And so then I want to just point out that as a parent, I begin to think through the ways that Jesus um, invites us to pray um, as we look to God our Father um, and the Father cares for us. The same way that I as a parent care for my kids, um, there's times where my kids pray for things, healing for things, or they want things um, that I necessarily don't want to give to them. And over time, they start to see why I don't want to give it to them, that I'll give them things that I, I think they will enjoy. Um, but then there's some things that I withhold, and it's not because I don't like them, that I don't love them. It's because I believe that based on my experience, based on my knowledge and understanding of how the world works, that, that might not be the good thing that they need right now. And that might not shape them in a way that is good in the long term. And so I believe we have to approach prayer with this posture that recognizes that God is good, that he ultimately wants the best for us. And we see that throughout James, um, where he calls us to be peacemakers who sow in peace, um, that, will reap, that will reap a, a harvest of righteousness, that as we come with patience, as we approach our relationship with God with patience, that there's something that shapes us, that now we become the kind of people that people want to be around, that people uh, see as life-giving. Um, we become the kind of people that transform the communities that we live in based on the way that we treat one another. And, and it just, it shapes everything. And so this is the kind of prayer that James invites us into. And, uh, and so I just want to um, kind of point out the the end portion of this where he says, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring them back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the way of error will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So what we see James call us to in those final verses is a heart towards not just our own agenda and our own needs, right? Uh, but to recognizing those outside of our community or those that have maybe um, drifted from our community and recognizing that it, it, our attention should not be on ourselves, but it should be on others. And so this other-centric prayer and this other-centric approach that takes the self-centered way of living uh, out of the equation and begins to recognize others um, is is the ultimate call to, uh, to how we're, we're called to live. And, and this is the, the invitation that James brings to us, um, that it's not, it's not about us, it's about recognizing how God might be using us, how God might be working through us. And, and that's why he says, is, is there anyone among you? And it's meant to be a community. Is there anyone among you hurting? Is there anyone among you suffering? Is there anyone among you that, that needs healing? come together, work together in prayer to then recognize how God might might intervene and, and recognize God in the midst of it. And so 
I think he closes with that just to give us this very community-centric perspective that we are called to be the, the body of Christ. We're called to be a community that recognizes uh, God in the midst of all that we're doing. And some of you who are listening, some of you who are watching are here listening and journeying with Jesus as a result of someone else's prayer. Someone else's prayer who said, man, I care about this person. I want to see them thrive. I want to see them experience this life the best possible way. And so they've been praying for you. And that's why you're sitting here. So my invitation would be, let's pray for somebody else. Who can you be praying for right now that needs to experience this life that is in Christ? So the healing that God longs to do um, is woven into relationship. And I believe that when we begin to surrender our lives, that prayer truly does change the world that we live in. And so I would just um, also, I guess, call us to um, recognizing that we as leaders here at Grace and Peace, we don't know why some people are healed and some people aren't. Uh, we're not sure why God does what he does all the time, but that goes back to that that parenting conversation that God ultimately knows the best for us. And sometimes those struggles, sometimes the pain, sometimes the challenges shape us in ways that God knows ultimately what is good. And some of those difficulties and challenges like we spoke about last week, like why there's suffering in this world, some of those exist because of someone else's injustice and someone's poor decisions, someone else's sin that is now being imposed on your life. And I believe that God isn't just going to zap us out of those things, but he's going to give us a way through them, that he gives us a way to handle them that ultimately is really good. That I know that the things that I've gone through where I've been challenged have shaped me to now understand how to work through those things and how to handle that sin that exists in our world and put it in its right place. And then I can also help others in that process that are struggling. And so our prayer really just needs to be aligned with, with God and who he is and what he desires. And so to close, I just want to give us a couple of action steps. Um, going back to the very beginning, that idea that Netflix is trying to consume all of your attention. They would prefer that you never slept. They would prefer that you watch Netflix 24-7. That in the evening when you get home from work, that your choice would be more Netflix. My hope, my prayer, James' prayer, the prayer of the community of God is that you would turn your attention to God in prayer and begin to see how it changes life, how it begins to shape your heart, your soul, your contentment, the amount of peace that exists in your life, that prayer will begin to shift everything about us because we're no longer giving our lives to Netflix, social media, whatever it is that's just trying to take from you, but you're actually turning to God who wants to bring new life for you. So a couple ways that we do that is we do that through life group during the week. Um, this is not a sales pitch for life group. This is we've discovered that when we gather together and we read God's word and we pray for each other, and we share the stories of what God's doing in our lives, we lift up those praises and we talk about them together, we find that 
life is the best possible way and that I am reminded when I gather in life group with people that there are other people journeying this journey with me and that whatever I'm going through, the struggles and the pain that maybe uh, a friend of mine has or a neighbor or a family member has, I know that that can be lifted up in prayer within this community. And so life group is one of those ways that we do that. Sunday gathering is one of the ways that we we come together as a community and pray and worship together um, because we do need to turn our gaze to what God is doing and not just what we need from him, right? So um, those two things I would encourage you to get connected in. Um, on our website, there is a connect card or a connect digital connect card. And uh, there's a way to fill out all the information, ask for prayer requests in there. There's space for that. So we just invite you, if you need prayer, go there and we'd love to be praying. Again, this isn't a sales pitch. We're not trying to take anything from you or get anything from you. We literally, we've seen how prayer has changed lives. And so we want to invite you into that. And so if you want to go on the website and uh, fill that in. If you would like a daily prayer guide, a great resource is commonprayer.net. Um, you can also pick up the Book of Common Prayer. There's also, uh, I think on Amazon you can find it. It's by Shane Claiborne. It's the Book of Common Prayer for Ordinary Radicals. And it's more of like the contemporary, it's kind of the message version of the older Book of Common Prayer from the Anglican Church. And you can um, yeah, just pick that up and it has a daily reading commonprayer.net is the digital version of that. It's free. It's online. Check it out. Um, it just updates daily and you can just read through that prayer and it guides you through it. And then the last thing I would say is there's an acronym that my kids have been using and that I've, I've known for years um, that they're just now learning is ACTS. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration, if you begin to pray through these four steps, I think it gives a, a good posture for how we're to approach God in prayer. Adoration, again, it's going back to the, the Lord's Prayer. Recognizing God is on the throne, that He is powerful, He is strong. Recognizing that His, um, He's in control and that we want to surrender to Him and praise Him for who He is and what He has done in our lives. And then confession is just this approach that starts with humility, recognizing the areas of maybe where I've fallen short in things I've said, things in my heart, things in my mind um, that I need to recognize need to be wiped clean, that need to be handed over to God for Him to take care of and remove from my life so we can experience that freedom. And then Thanksgiving, recognizing the ways that you've seen God moving throughout your day your week, your month, whatever it is, just but continually recognizing that there's thanksgiving that needs to be given. And then the final one is supplication. And this is this idea that, um, that we can bring things to God, bring your needs, bring your concerns, um, bring the pain, the suffering, the sorrow, the, the physical things that you have going on, whatever it is, is bringing them to God and just putting, laying them at his feet and saying, what do you want to do with this? humility. So grace and peace to you as you journey through this. If you have any questions, we'd love to chat with you, reach out, and um, we'd love to give you more resourcing. And uh, But hopefully this gives a bit of a, a glimpse into prayer and the power of prayer and the kind of community that we're called to be. Do not fall for the world that wants to take your attention, but let's turn our attention to God. Amen. 
Rejoice in knowing that we never walk alone. Know the grace and peace of Christ walking beside us, guiding and protecting us. Share this comfort with one another and feel his presence each moment of each day. Amen.